Tim Haraney, week two in Bahrain, and this week is a race week, baby. So excited. I'm so excited, Tim. Uh, we got, we got practice tomorrow. We got testing. There's a qualifying, sorry, uh, Friday and then a race Saturday. Why is the race Saturday, by the way? Uh, I think it has to do with uh, Ramadan that takes place on oh. the on the Sunday because like when they go to Adam when they go to the Saudi Arabia for the next race weekend same same thing happens it goes until Saturday and then Saturday is the the race and then Sunday again everybody sort of flies out but yeah it's uh, I see that's yeah that's why it's happening well that makes sense okay um, now it's, Tim obviously the big news today is the ongoing investigation into Christian Horner and alleged inappropriate and controlling contact conduct. And I say alleged because that's what was alleged. Uh, the investigation is wrapped up. Now we've heard any number of rumors. We've heard that uh, there is a, a Yas for stop and helmet Marco camp trying to politically push Christian out. We've heard that the Salzburg Red Bull um, uh, headquarters and the Thai Red Bull headquarters have gone head to head over this issue. Uh, we've heard there's, the, you know, obviously with Formula One, one of the things that we really love is the rampant speculation and the drama and the rumors. This one was too serious to really enjoy things like that. You kind of want to just get to the conclusion. Even the Ford Motor Company in Detroit sent a public letter and made public comments about the fact that. They wanted Red Bull to be more open with the investigation and tell everybody what the heck happened. And I'm sure that Red Bull and Ford are having those discussions right now. But as of, uh, you know, Wednesday, February 28th, mid-afternoon here, evening in, in Bahrain, where you are, uh, Christian Horner uh, has been cleared of any of those uh, allegations, and he will remain as team principal. And, you know, I, I, I think... Um, I think obviously this was something that would have been hanging over Red Bull had it gone any longer. These processes do take time. It's good that you give them the time that they need. Um, what are your what are your takeaways from this story? Uh, what are you hearing? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I like the fact that it took. I mean, eight weeks. You know these. You know the facts that it was handled by an outside barrister. Right, Adam. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. done through internal matters. It was handled by an outsourced outside of 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 Christian Horner Camp, Red Bull Racing, uh, you know, Red Bull GmbH. Like it was all handled by an outside barrister to take care of everything. Um, and you know, it's just I think like at the end of the day, like, and if you haven't, uh, folks who are watching or listening, if you. If you haven't uh, read or, or heard what the statement was that uh, came out, I mean, I think one of the things that a lot of us wanted at the end of the day was just some transparency over, mm -hmm. like, what the heck's going on here? Because we didn't necessarily really get it. We were getting different pieces of different things, and there was a ton of gray area, and there was never anything concrete or certain and I think for a reporter or journalist um, trying to, you know, do their due diligence, it's very difficult. I mean, I think even for Formula One, it's like, I think at the end of the day, I'd be interested to know if, if they end up looking into this or, or the FIA, I should say, ends up looking into it to see everything. And, you know, you had mentioned 
uh, Red Bull or sorry, Ford. I mean, I wonder what Ford's Ford is going to have to say about all of this as as well. I mean, they were putting the pressure on Red Bull to get this thing uh, wrapped up, and it was firm pressure as well. And and that's a company I think you don't want to uh, you don't want to lose. Like uh, if you're Formula One, like you want these big OEMs coming in to your sport in an OEM as big as Ford. I mean, if they are unhappy with whatever the findings are from all of this, then like, I don't know, see you later. Right. And that, and that's not good for, that's not good for F1. And so as a whole, not just Red Bull racing, right. It's for F1, like it's not good. So, um, I, none of us know where this is going to go next. If it's going to go anywhere, if it's done, we, we have no idea. Basically this statement kind of just says like, Hey, we did all this. We did the due diligence. We have all of this stuff. We went through this full process. And this is from, this isn't from like Red Bull racing, right? Like people need to know that there are the two different entities here. You have the red, we have Red Bull racing, but this is from like top. This is from the top. This is from Red Bull. Yeah. So yeah, the company that runs and owns all the Red Bull properties and marketing and everything. Um, this is a uh, it's one of those things I'm sure they wanted to get this decided one way or another before the season starts. I mean, this is a championship winning team, a championship winning team in a way that we've never seen in the history of the sport. So unbelievably dominant, winning every race but one last year and looking like they've got the fastest car by, I mean, it's been speculated. It seems a lot. Seven, seven tenths, eight tenths. Like how fast you've seen the car. You've been at testing. How fast is it? Uh, I mean, from what everybody's saying, it's like, <laughs> I mean, from what the, some of the teams are saying, it's like a second, a lap faster. And I just like, can't believe that. I mean, that is, um, if we go through the regulation, I mean, that's just so far off in the distance. I have a feeling though, Adam, like when I, you know, going trackside, getting to see these cars up close and personal, I mean, you get a different understanding of what everybody's got you get a different understanding of what the cars can do um for for red bull in particular like i was saying on the podcast a little while ago great coming out of slow corners always good in high speed stuff and again mega down a straightaway and so those are kind of like all those boxes ticked off it's like tick 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 we're good all the way through and i think it's just going to come down to the team's and how they develop the cars that's going to be the most important factor within the season to try and um, to try and catch, you know, Red Bull. Now, are they going to start with like a second advantage over everybody? No, I doubt it. But they are going to have an advantage. I mean, let's be honest. They started production of this car, building this car like way back in like June, right? June of last year, they were dumping resources into this thing, trying to uh, evolve what they already have. And look, they've shown up to the track with like little components from, you know, Mercedes W14 that they Which have has got to just on. eat at them, by the way. Yeah. Right. That they've taken and evolved. Right. So, um, I'm going to be really fascinated when we see everything kind of shake out during free practice too. And in qualifying Ferrari, Adam, I think, I think they've got something for Ferrari. I just don't know if it's going to be big enough. I mean, I, Talked to Charles Leclerc today about it, and I I literally said to him like, "Hey, like, do you think Red Bull is beatable anytime this year?" And he didn't even have an answer. He's like, "Look, he's like, 
none of us know. He's like, the only time we are going to find out what they actually have is after this first race. He said, once this first race is done, then I can then come back and ask me again. And then I can tell you. Now, I, I, uh, we're going to do our predictions a little bit in, in a few minutes here. Um, uh, the reason I ask about the Red Bull car and how fast it is, obviously, is everybody's concerned. It's like, oh, man, the season's all, already over. Like, you know, uh, and I, I know you did a whole podcast on it uh, uh, with Nate Saunders and uh, so many other great people that were on in the last episode. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Checo Perez uh, because Checo's um, – uh, <laughs> Checo's comments today were he's like, oh, a lot of people are saying we're like eight tenths faster. We're not like, don't listen to that. It sounds an awful lot like Lewis Hamilton during the Mercedes runs where he'd be like, yeah, I'm not happy with the car. And then bang, he'd be lapping people on the, <laughs> on like the, you know, the first half of the race and you'd never see him again the, the entire year. Are they downplaying this car? I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you can see that, you know, these, the drivers and the team personnel in the garage and they all have smiles on their faces. Nobody's really hiding the fact that they know they have a great car. And so I think for, for them, uh, I think they know what they have an advantage. I just don't know if, if they even know how big their advantage is. Like they may have an idea, but that's why I think Sergio is kind of like holding back on what he wants to say. And yeah, I heard what, what you're talking about when he did say that. And I kind of tend to agree with him because nobody really knows. A lot of the teams believe that the gaps have closed and Red Bull still has an advantage, but the, the, the size of that advantage is what, you know, everyone does not know. You know, I, I, I think Tim, uh, uh, I, this is why I love this part of the year because there's an assumption that we already know how it's going to go. And, and the reality is that Max didn't have to win as many races as he did last year. Um, Sergio didn't. Sergio didn't. You know, he, he was, there were races where Sergio's confidence was down or he didn't perform or he made a mistake. And that Red Bull car is a ton faster or was a ton faster than most of the rest of the field. And yet he sometimes didn't make the podium. And so, you know, it speaks to the fact that Max Verstappen was literally almost mistake-free with the exception of Singapore last year and how dominant he was as a driver. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see um, if Max makes a mistake and somebody takes advantage and where the cars all sit this year. I, I um, So obviously the, the, the second thing I wanted to touch on, Fernando Alonso speaking to reporters uh, a little earlier today. And they were asking him about, you know, what his plans were for next year. Because nobody could come right out and be like, are you going to be the Mercedes driver? Although he seems like a viable option along with Ocon and a few other people. Um, and maybe Kimi Antonelli. He said, I have to decide if I want to race next year. Where do you think Fernando Alonso stands on that? He's 42. And it's a lot of work. And he has switched to a plant-based diet. And a lot has been made of his fitness over the last couple of years. Where do you think Fernando is on that scale of leaning towards retiring or leaning towards sticking around? I think like he needs to, for, for himself, I think he needs to see what this season has in store for the team. And then himself, we have to remember that it's like the longest season in the history of formula one at 24 races. You know, that is, 
a ton of races and Fernando even saying like, Hey, I remember when it was just going to be 20 or was supposed to be just 20 races. He's like, now we're at 24 Mm -hmm. and it's a bit much essentially is what he had said. And you know what? I think there's a lot of people in formula one and a lot of teams who agree with him and same with drivers, you know, Verstappen doesn't want to do any more races. He doesn't want to go over 24 races. He doesn't even want to go anywhere near 24 races. It's too many. So I think even as a sport, it needs to look at itself and say, is this too much? Is 24 races too, is it, is it sustainable? And Mm -hmm. I think for Fernando, that's the thing. Is this, you know, sport lifestyle slash athlete at 42 years old, you know, 24 races traveling the world. You're away from your family for well over hell, half most of the year, not well over half of it too. Like you're just, you're away from friends and family and you have to wonder. And if if he's thinking, is this sustainable for me? And so I think for Fernando, that's kind of where he's sort of at. I, he's happy at Aston Martin. Um, He's happy with the project that he's got going on there. Would a move to Mercedes make him that much more happier? I I doubt it. I mean, like, is he going to go to Mercedes and all of a sudden they're going to start winning? I mean, probably not because that's why Lewis Hamilton, you know, one of the reasons I think Lewis Hamilton is leaving Mercedes is because he probably sees a writing on the wall. This is a team that's a few years away from being back to where they were. And I don't have those few years. And Mm -hmm. so I think when I look at Fernando, I think that's something similar to him. If Aston Martin's able to keep making good progress, then I think that keeps him around. I think that entices him maybe to stay until 2026. But for now, I mean, you know, it's just, it's all talk at the moment until we hit the track and see what, see what happens there. And it's, it's interesting, Tim, that you say that. Cause like, you know, if he goes from Aston Martin to Mercedes, he's all of a sudden, you know, he's still Fernando Alonso, but they're not listening to him at Mercedes the way they would at Aston Martin, right? Like I was thinking about this today. Like if, if you're Fernando, they brought you there to help mature the team. They want you to help Lance. They want you to help uh, their engineers. They want you to instill a winning culture. Uh, Mercedes doesn't really necessarily need that sort of teaching. They've got the pedigree, but also if you listen to Lewis Hamilton, even in drive to survive, he's like, they didn't listen to me. And if we're not listening to Lewis Hamilton, Mm -hmm. you're not listening to Fernando Alonso. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of so, you know, Fernando, I get the sense is quite vocal behind the scenes and wants what he wants when he wants it. Um, And he's well within his rights to ask for that. He's one of the best drivers in the sport even now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I mean, I I sat down and spoke with uh, Mike Crack about about this today. He was the team principal for for Aston Martin. And yeah, we talked a lot about Fernando and essentially you know, the importance of keeping him at the team because of his level of experience. He's one of the most, he is the most experienced driver on the grid. And you need that as a young team that's building and wanting to win a championship and get to that level. You need a driver like that. You need a driver that's won two world championships and knows how to get it done and knows what it takes to be in a championship uh, battle, especially one uh, two that he was in against Michael Schumacher. So <laughs> the guy knows the guy knows how to get it done, right? Like he's been in this he's been in this battle for long enough that he knows what he needs and he knows what the team needs to get things done. I think for I think for for him again, it's 
waiting to see how things play out with the team. Where is the car when they start the season? How aggressive does the team get with upgrades? Because that mm-hmm. is going to be a, a very big storyline this season are upgrades uh, and to see where they shake out. And then obviously the team, Aston Martin, they want to keep him. They want him at the team. Right. Yeah. And they'd be willing to spend to do it. I think Lawrence, yeah, uh, I Lawrence think so. got the money. Uh, <laughs> I think they would do it. I think so. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about predictions. And I think I want to start with season predictions and then we'll do Bahrain predictions after because we're going to, you know, we got to talk about the actual race that's going to happen. But Tim, this is a really unfair thing to throw at you. And we're going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to drop you mine too. I'm going to be super unfair. I like how about you just it. started with this is really unfair for you. Yeah. Oh, it's completely unfair. <laughs> Who are from three to one, the top three drivers at the end of this season in points? Oh, man. Top unfair. three? Top three. Give me a top in, three. In You're lucky points. I didn't ask for top five. Uh, behind the scenes here, they're like, push them for top five. Push them. I'm, I'm doing top three, Tim. Man, top three in points. Okay, uh, I'm going to start at number one, Max Verstappen. Okay. And then I'm going Charles Leclerc. Okay. And then I'm going uh, Sergio Perez. So isn't it interesting that you say that? I, I wondered if you would. And the reason I say it's interesting <laughs> is because Helmut Marko, who, is, who loves to talk, just man loves to speak to the German newspapers. He said in an interview that Sergio Perez will be in the conversation to keep that seat if he finishes second. He also said that Yuki Sonoda has a chance. Daniel Ricardo has a chance. Uh, we we're pretty sure that one of them is moving out because Liam Lawson has to race next year. Otherwise, he's leaving. Yeah, I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah. Uh, and Liam Lawson should be, by all rights, in this year. But there's reasons why certain drivers... It's, it happens every year, right? There's a, a driver that should get in that isn't. And so... For Daniel Ricardo to be uh, considered for that seat, Daniel's got to have. Um, he, they said they've got to have. He's got to have Yuki Sonoda well under control, and I think he's probably relying a little bit on being a surprise. And then he also has to rely on Sergio Perez finishing third or lower in that superior Red Bull car, because um, you know for for Sergio. Just like last year, there's not really an excuse not to finish second, at least from from this viewpoint, right? If the car is that much better. So I'm curious about the Red Bull driving maneuverability here in terms of drivers. Do you think that Sergio Perez has the same struggles as he did last year and has the loss of confidence and has the inconsistency? Mm. Or does Charles Leclerc just race to the absolute max the way that we think he can? Less brain farts this year, less odd crashes here and there that you wouldn't weren't expecting, and he just outperforms them. Um, like that's really it's it's a great way you put it because I mean we saw what happened with Sergio last year when the he lost his way with the car, and I think he was doing things that he probably shouldn't be doing with the car, like i.e. trying to uh, utilize Max's setups that are, they're kind of for Max. They're not for you, man. Like you got your own thing. You got to get this car closer to what you do. He did end the season on a pretty high note. Sergio did, 
I I think like like he's a capable driver. I mean, like I like Sergio. I think he's a he's a talented guy. He's a Formula One driver. Is he on the same level as Max Verstappen? No, he's not. But can he get the car closer to him? Can he fight Max? I mean, we need that this season for sure, mm-hmm. as like an audience and the fans. We definitely need that. I just don't know. If, I just don't know if he can. I don't know if he can do that. What I do know is that Charles Leclerc inked a long-term deal with Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc is coming into this season. The car looks good. Their long runs look really good, considering like this is what hampered them last year. They still look like they have the raw pace that they had last year. And remember, like they won some polls last year, and hey, like they did pretty good in some races. Carlos Sainz. Singapore, Charlotte Claire was the faster driver in Vegas, probably should have won that race. So mm-hmm. I think like Ferrari has something here. That's why I put Leclerc P2. I uh, He's a talented driver. There's no question about it. He's hungry. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. Frederick Vasseur really believes in him. That's why he's got this long-term deal. But for Leclerc, you know, he was pretty open and honest with us. When we asked him about all of this stuff, and for him, it was he wanted to know what the direction of the team was. He loves Ferrari. And what he said to us is, is essentially he thinks and he does with his heart. And he said with this decision that he had made, he didn't do it that way. He did it from the standpoint that I need to see where the team's going. What are we doing to get to win? To, to get to win? What are we doing to make me a champion. What is the team doing behind the scenes? And I think he saw all of that. He actually did some deep thinking about this, came to the realization that this is where he has the best chance of potentially winning a championship. I.e. that's why, you know, you see Lewis Hamilton all of a sudden starting to, you know, he's coming over to Ferrari too, right? So bit of an endorsement. I just don't know. I think there's yeah, I think there's some good stuff going on there, though, Adam. I really, I think Ferrari's got something good cooking, and that's why I put that's why I put Charles ahead of of Sergio. Give me your top three teams at the end of the season this year in total points. Okay, I'm going to go Red Bull again. Um, they're going to be hard to beat. I mean, yeah, I think yep. it, I think it, they'll get pushed. I just think they're going to be hard to beat. Okay, Red Bull, Ferrari. Uh, P3 is an interesting one because we don't know what Mercedes has right now, Adam. Like we just, we don't, I think like a lot of us, we didn't get to see them do any long runs during testing, Mm -hmm. which is pretty wild because that's, you know, you want to make sure you're dialing in your long runs, but they never really did long runs. Um, so I'm not too sure what they've got. Uh, some people think that they're, they're holding back big time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, talking to George Russell today, just, you know, George is kind of like, hey, this we're starting from sort of ground zero with this new platform, which is good. We really like it, but it's 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 ground zero. We need more downforce on this thing. We need more development on it, and then it will eventually be good. So I, I, that's why I'm putting Mercedes, you know, back a bit. I, I, and I mm. put them back in my power rankings on, on SportsCenter. I'm, I'm saying McLaren P3. That's what I'm saying. Wow. So a return to the 2020 or 2021 form when it was Carlando. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, you know, the, the one thing is, is that I don't think McLaren's going to be super competitive right out of the gates. I think it's going to be 
similar to last year where they started to come on strong by race, I think it was race seven, race eight to Austria, whatever, whatever Austria was in around Austria. And then onwards, I think it's going to be something similar only it's going to be sooner. Like we're talking maybe race four. We start to Is see there a reason for that things start to snowball. Yeah. It's really funny. Like how do you do that two years in a row? Right. Yeah. When you show up to the track and like, you know, you got a decent car, but you know that it needs and requires upgrades for it to kind of take that next step. And like McLaren was able to just take such a massive step that you mm-hmm. have to wonder is like, well, is it going to be the same again this year? I mean, they have a good platform, so I don't see why not. But yeah, it's a great question, Adam. I, and that's something that I've been meaning to, you know, to ask Andrea Stella is like, why is it that, you know, this is the second time, like second around that, you know, you guys have brought upgrades to this car a little late. This isn't really the full car. And when you do, you're hitting home runs. That's yeah. what that's what I want to know. I want to know if it's kind of like, hey, we're going to take what we got. We're going to put it onto the track. We're going to see what it can do. And then we're going to see if what we're working on correlates with what's telling us on the racetrack. Maybe it's something like that. So they execute on everything. They don't waste time, money, resources. I won't ask you... Um... I won't ask you the lowest point totals because I always feel like that's unfair. But I, 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 sorry for drivers, for drivers, because like if you have one bad team, that both drivers could be in the bottom three. I want to know, yeah, that's... in terms of performance, end of the season, who's got the least amount of points in terms of teams? Who are the three teams that make up the back? And yeah, this is a eight, nine, and ten. Who one. are they? That's <laughs> a, a good one. Okay, so I, I put Alpine. Uh, eighth in my power rankings. And I've talked to some people over the past few days. <laughs> I think I might put them down a little lower than that, Adam. They might be one it's of the worst teams on the grid. But from what I've heard. Wow. It wow. So who would like be ahead? Of, so if you put them lower, if they're ninth. Haas might be say. ahead of them, Adam. Haas might, Haas be, might be ahead of Alpine? Might be, yeah. Well, because, okay. Because I, I, I actually, season to start the season to start the season start the season okay at the end of the season though <laughs> where are we talking here oh god that's a good one that's really and, tough. and sorry I should have given you my top three in terms of drivers no I mean, yeah, it's gonna be I Max hear those sorry I should have said Max Checo and if Ferrari's really got it going on just for fun let's say Carlos Sainz because he had All a great right, so year for, last year so he's, for he's one wick- so for people who don't know. So this guy on the other end of this <laughs> Zoom record, this guy, this is why you should listen to him for those watching and listening, told us that Alex Albon was going to be like hot shit this year or to, in 2023. Mm-hmm. He was cracking Adam's top 10. He was going to be one of the best drivers on the grid. And sure enough, <laughs> This guy was right, so yeah. sorry. Continue, Adam. Well, and it's because they finally gave him a car too. But Albon, to me, I'm I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. He's much more mature than he was at, at Red Bull in terms of his driving. Great driver. Um, I I, I say Carlos signs because I think he's going to be a bat out of hell, and I actually think he, you know, this is such an important year for him, right? Uh, Carl, you know, Charles obviously is going to. It's an important year, of course. It's an important year. Um, but Carlos, it's like, this is an, 
a do or die in terms of contract. Like he's going to have a great contract waiting for him. But the difference between making $10 million and $20 million is what's on the table for Carlos Sainz or, or 20 million and 30 million. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you're Carlos Sainz at the end of this season, you want Mercedes offering you a deal. Uh, you want um, uh, probably uh, Sauber, Audi, whatever they're going to be like stake F1 offering you a mm-hmm. deal. Um, you probably want if the Alpine experiment explodes, which I think it will, Ga- Gasly and Ocon, like I, that can't last forever. <laughs> I think you want them making an offer to you. Like if you're if you're Carlos Sainz, your entire job should be I need Sauber and I need Mercedes to fight for me. I need them to fight for me. I need there to be a bidding war. And he won the only race that Red Bull didn't win last year. Tim, you've talked about for years how fast this guy is, but there have been brain farts and there have been moments on teams where, you know, he's not the A1 driver. He wasn't at Renault. He wasn't at McLaren. Uh, He certainly wasn't at Toro Rosso, um, you know, because Max was there and that's the guy that was their guy. Um, And, you know, potentially an outside shot at that Red Bull second seat. Not that it could happen, but it could happen, right? He was a Red Bull junior driver. It could happen. If I'm him... I am, I am laser focused this year. Oh, you, you know, Lewis Hamilton's coming in. Well, I'm going to make you regret that. And that I think will establish Carlos Sainz as an elite driver in this sport. If he hasn't been like that already. So that's why I'm going with that teams. I'm in total agreement with you. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be Red Bull. I think it's going to be Ferrari. And I think it's going to be McLaren because I think Mercedes I, I think that they are two years late to the party with this new concept, right? This new concept that they're going to should have been the concept two years ago. And it doesn't mean it won't be fast. And it doesn't mean George and Lewis aren't amazing drivers. And I want to see Lewis win another race desperately in a Mercedes car. I really do. I don't know. I'm struggling with that. And I, and, and what McLaren were really good at last year, and this is why I picked them over Mercedes is they were points merchants. They were always smart about getting as many points as they could get. Lewis and George are going to be full throttle against each other. It doesn't mean that they hate each other, but they are not fighting for the team this year. They're not. Lewis is fighting. This is my, I want to win a driver's championship. I got a couple years left. That's got to be his only focus. George is fighting. I'm going to be Mercedes team leader next year. No matter who walks through that door, if it's Fernando Alonso, if it's Esteban Ocon, if it's Carlos Sainz, if it's, Whoever, Daniel Ricardo, like whatever it is, whoever it is, that's how George has to think. And so I think Mercedes, the brand and the team will lose some points based on that because I think Oscar and Lando are working in a team a little bit better than George and Lewis will just because of their motivation. So that's why I'm picking what I'm picking. I don't know if that's yeah, crazy, like that. but that's it's, what I'm No, 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 it's well thought out. I actually, I, I really like that. It's funny you say, uh, you know, Lewis and, and George, like potentially sort of clashing or we went in to um, speak with George today and mm-hmm. it was funny. It was, um, you know, we were asking about the car and all this other stuff. And like, hey, you remember when, you know, Lewis was telling us that, Hey, I told this team I wanted changes. They never did the changes that I wanted. And here we are. This is what we've got. That was with the W14. Now with the W15, George was saying like, 
yeah, you know, Lewis got his, I'm paraphrasing here, that he had said more than this. And it was like, yeah, Lewis got the changes that he wanted. You know, the changes that Lewis wanted are on, are on the car. Lewis wanted the, you know, the, the seat uh, position moved back. So the seat position has been moved back a little bit. And then he kind of went on to be like, oh, but, you know, like the car does feel good. And <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> he made sure to like... He made sure to say, like, hey, this is kind of a Lewis Hamilton car, is basically yes. what he said. Mm-hmm. But he backed it up by saying he is, you know, one of the most experienced drivers on the grid. He has a lot more experience than even some of our engineers do. He's been racing in Formula One, then some of our engineers have even been in Formula One. And so he, he kind of backed it up with that. But like up to that point, we all were kind of like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's where it's like, that's not mine. I was part of the group project, but I really didn't participate. It's not mine. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, essentially is what it was. It's, I think yeah. the three slowest cars, the Alpine one doesn't surprise me. I, I think that they're a mess on the inside and hiring somebody oh, who, who's never run a race team, uh, never really been involved in racing, I think is a mistake. He seems like a nice guy. Like you see him on Drive to Survive. He doesn't seem, he's not like a maniac or something, but. Otmar needed more time. Uh, so I think that... So here are my bottom three teams. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is difficult. This is difficult. <laughs> I think we're going to see a Racing Bulls improvement big time this year. Okay? Keep doing that thumbs oh, yeah. up bubble. I don't know why that does. Does yeah, that like show it. up in the actual thing too? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. So I, I think that we're not going to see them in the bottom anymore. Now... What does that leave us with? That leaves us with Haas. Okay. Yep. Right? And and what else? Williams. Williams, who I think and could have a really improved team. Right? Should. Yeah. yeah. So it's yep. a difficult one. Yep. And that leaves me with Sauber. I think the I think that there's I have questions about the Sauber car. So here's where I'm going to rank them. And this is going to be controversial, all right. Tim. All right, you ready? So last place I'm going to give to Haas. As Will Buxton said on, on Drive to Survive, they're bringing a spoon to a gunfight. Okay? Go. Second last, <laughs> I'm giving to Sauber. Kick Sauber. And that's what's going to be really interesting when the Carlos Sainz contract negotiations come down to the wire because what is their plan not to be there? They've gotten progressively worse. Right, mm-hmm. you had Kimi Räikkönen and Charles Leclerc, and you, and that was the best driver lineup I think that team has ever had. And even then, it wasn't great. And they've progressively been worse since then. Right? Then you got uh, Alpine, and I think I feel bad for Pierre Gasly because he's basically left a seventh place team or an eighth place team to join another seventh or an eighth place team. But the way that it isn't the way that Alpine speaks about Alpine. It's a way that other people speak about Alpine. If you ask people in the paddock, like the Christian Horner quote from Drive to Survive, he's like, yeah, it's always been kind of a mystery what goes on over there. <laughs> Doesn't that say it all? It says everything. I mean, and you've got does. two different factories, one in Endstone. One, where's the French side? Yeah, you have one in France. Like, and I don't know, man. Two, You're building the car yeah, one spot and the engine somewhere else. Like, this is not a... This is... That you could get away with that. Renault could get away with that 20 years ago. Sure. Yeah. What the hell? Right? You're going up against Minardi. You're going up against Jordan. You know, you, Benetton's, you know, on its way out. That's fine. This is not the way this operates anymore. 
you got to look at how Zach Brown would operate a team. Like, cause he's like the most North American of all these guys, sports yeah. franchise, right? Like yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs have the Toronto Marlies in Toronto. They used to have them in St. John's, Newfoundland. And then at another point they were like on the others, you need to have your factory, your minor league system, everything all cloaks closed in together and your team all working together. And until uh, Alpine slash Renault figure that out, um, and either move the entire facility to England where all the talent is, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's why it's all there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of talent, a lot of teams there. Or move it all to France. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to have trouble. They have lots of yep. trouble. So yep. anyway. Now, Tim. This is my favorite one. You ready? Predictions. We got, I think we got like 12 drivers coming off contract, 11 drivers coming off contract. What move... Is the most take Lewis Hamilton off the board? You can't call. You can't use that one. It's a cheat code. No. What's the most? What's the most shocking move on the grid? End of the season or during the season? Woo! It's got to be for that Red Bull seat, right? It has to so be who for is the it Red g- Bull seat. I think. Who's your pick? Oh gosh, that and then that is even like more difficult. It's it's if. I think it's going to come down to either Alex Albon or Esteban Ocon. Some people are talking up Kimi Antonelli, who is Mercedes. Oh, you mean for sorry, Mercedes, driver. Mercedes or Red Bull? You yeah, said Red Bull. I'm, I'm, did I say Red Bull? Oh my god, yeah. I'm such an you meant idiot. Mercedes. I'm going to do two of them. Forget it. I'm doing two. Just, do it just because Mercedes first. I think is going to be one of the biggest stories in terms of the drivers uh, moving laterally. That's got to be. It's either going to be Esteban Ocon or Alex Albon, and that's going to come down to how, uh, however, you know, good one of those two drivers does within the season. That's what I think determines who gets that seat. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Kimi Antonelli. He has to have one hell of a Formula Two season, I think, to get that seat. But who knows? He could do it. Um, now, as for the uh, the Red Bull seat, Sergio Perez, obviously out of contract at the end of the year. Honestly, if Daniel Ricardo, you know, talking to Daniel today, it was, it was um, interesting because for him, he doesn't want to think about the Red Bull racing seat, even though like he does, if that makes any sense. Like, but well, it's his goal. Him, he's it's just trying goal. to, yeah, I think for him, I think he feels that by putting that type of pressure on himself, it may detract from performance. It may take set him back a bit. And I think for him, he wants to be a little free because that's the way Daniel Ricardo is. That's how he drives the best. It's when he's loose. He doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. There isn't a lot of things happening around him or in his bubble. And that's how he's able to extract performance from himself. I think if Daniel's able to, you know, keep Yuki under under control, if he's able to be the leader at that team if he's able to score more points, if he's able to be successful, consistent, the Daniel Ricardo of old, I think he comes back to Red Bull Racing. Okay. Big seat. Okay. All right. And, uh, okay. My my pick, well, so you, you took Daniel Ricardo to Red Bull, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I think he's going to Red Bull too. And I think there's, I think there's a more than... Um, more than the fact that he's clearly back as a driver, he's a good driver. Um, there is a 
uh, Steve always talks about this with goalies in hockey when we talk about it on the Steve Dangle podcast, which is the other show I do in case you don't watch the hockey. And there's always a starting goalie and there's a backup goalie, just like there's a A driver and a B driver in most teams, even though nobody admits it. And <laughs> uh, there is something to be said for the B driver putting the A driver or the B goalie putting the A goalie in their happy place. There are some people that do really well with competition, like Fernando Alonso, I don't think cares if a, another teammate l- likes him or doesn't. But he did leave Alpine and was not a fan of Esteban Ocon, right? <laughs> Things are a lot more peaceful at Aston Martin. Are they not? Yes. Right? Yeah. So, And then I think, and, and all of a sudden, that sort of matters to Fernando. Hey, I don't have to fight fight my own teammate and do crazy stuff to get out of his way. It's great. With... Uh, Daniel Ricardo and uh, and Max Verstappen. It's not that Daniel wouldn't try to push Max, but I think there would be a pretty pretty honest understanding that Max likes Daniel, enjoys his company. They would have fun together. Max is very serious. Daniel's very not, uh, although he's very serious about driving. But he's a fun guy, and they would be able to keep both drivers in their happy place, and both of them would be happy with the finishes that they got. Right, they would race each other, but you wouldn't see the crashes that you would see. Like remember, like 2018, they crashed into each other. Like that's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen anymore. And yeah. if I'm Christian Horner and I know Daniel as well as I do, I probably get two, three good years out of him. And you're riding Max the entire way. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think the most shocking is going to be wherever Carlos Sainz ends up. And I say that because I don't think it's. I know there's the Audi connection. Keep people keep bringing it up. I think he, if he has a good year. He's going to Mercedes. If he has a bad year, it could be back to Renault um, or Sauber. And so mm. to me, if Carlos Sainz gets announced, I think that happens. And then I think the other move that happens if Carlos Sainz ends up at Mercedes, which is a bizarre move, I get it, is Logan Sargent, if he doesn't have a good year, Kimi Antonelli's going to Williams for at least a year or two. That's what I think yep. happens. Yep. You know, and yeah, that I seems to be the, that. That a good sounds- place for him. Now, my boy Alex Albon, I would love for him to get that Mercedes seat. <laughs> but I feel like him and James Vowles are building something, and he might not want to go, and he is signed for 2025, and that was clarified today. So they'd have to break that well, contract, right? Yeah, and you know, all these drivers have out clauses in their contracts. It just depends, like... I guess what it has to do with, like, is it performance-based? Is the team not living up to expectation? Um, and if it comes down to a bigger offer, like, is he getting a bigger offer from somewhere else? Is that other team going to pay for the rest of the salary that's still left on the table that Williams would then have to still be paying? So there are a lot of things that go into it when it comes down to driver contracts because they're so complex and convoluted. But I don't know. I guess uh, I can ask James Valls tomorrow. I'm having breakfast with him. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. Please do. Hey, let me know if he has a coffee or not, because I know that he's like, I will. He saves his coffees for Sundays or in this case, Saturday. I'm I'm curious. Um, All right, Tim. So let's go quickly for drivers and teams this weekend. Who are your top three going into Bahrain? Uh, Obviously like we're going to go teams first. We'll go top three for teams. Uh, I'm going Red Bull, Ferrari, and I'm stuck between Mercedes, McLaren, and Aston Martin. I'm just, I'm stuck. It's like a log jam for third, I think. Yeah, you're going to have to pick one. 
I'm not letting you get away with it. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mercedes. Even though we don't know what they've got right now, I, I'm just gonna say Mercedes because it's Mercedes. And it's Lewis and it's George and they're great drivers. Yeah, yeah. and okay. Lewis and George. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. All right, now I'm gonna be a, a bit of a fan, a bit of a homer. Okay, so I'm gonna be. I, so first off, for interest sakes, I know it's. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say Red Bull makes a mistake. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna say Charles Leclerc wins race one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying Charles. I'm saying Max comes second and he's pissed. And I'm saying, (laughs) and I'm saying Lando in third. All right. Yeah. Now I know, I know they haven't been that fast, but I'm going McLaren and and I have to go McLaren in the the homer. So in terms of teams, I'm saying Ferrari, Red Bull, McLaren, and then immediately after Mercedes, Aston Martin. That's what I think. So I mean, Adam, it's not like, it's not like it's like a huge, like it's, I like it. I like it a lot, and I hope it happens. But the thing is, is that like with this new sort of era of Formula One, like it is like possible for us to have that if something happens to Verstappen, and that is totally possible. What you're saying, mm-hmm. because I mean, that's how close you know the bottom nine teams are going to be. Like it is going to be super close. Like we sit here and we say like. Hey, Alpine could be the slowest or the worst team on the grid, but we're we're talking like tenths now. We're not talking yeah. like back in the day of like seconds, like where teams were like three seconds off. We're we're talking tenths. Yeah. And and that's what I I think people really need to understand. Like when we sit here and we say, Hey, Haas is gonna be brutal, they're gonna be like dead last, but they may be dead last, but they may be like seven tenths off of third place or something which like given that, their budget is impressive <laughs> frankly yes exactly 100 percent, adam 100 percent. yeah 100%. but yeah, i like so it i really like it i like you it. like it so your top three drivers who wins who's second who's third i mean i'm not going to go against uh verstappen there's just no way i'm not going to go against red bull either they just they just look way too good definitely i'm going to go verstappen i'm going leclerc i'm going uh, sergio perez that, that, that's what i that's what i think Okay. Or Carlos right. Sainz or Carlos Sainz. I just think I just think like Red Bull and Ferrari, they're really interesting right now. They just especially Ferrari. Ferrari's just really interested in Ferrari right now. They, they Well, if you were to rate the drivers, they them, but they may not have anything, but I think they got something. As as a driver pair, like talent-wise, I would say that most people would say drive um um Ferrari has a more balanced pair. The gap between Verstappen and Perez is much smaller than the gap between uh, Leclerc and Science. So in those moments where you need Perez to beat Leclerc and beat Science, this is going to be a very interesting season. That that part, yes, for sure, absolutely, right? Because yeah. if it's Max, but uh, yeah, then that's a great, right great point. Within like Charles yeah, and and Carlos, if they're second and third every race, we could have a constructors battle. Yes, absolutely. Like there are some teams that are saying that. If McLaren is able to be consistent and uh, deliver on their upgrades, they could be a team that could also be in a constructor's uh, winning position as as well. Like, I mean, there are people out there who are saying that, and so that's why I think it's it's so uh, it, it's so important for you know those the the big five or the big four, however you want to place them to get off on the right uh, footing. And when you say Sergio Perez, you know, like it just is so important that that guy has a good season because 
these teams are going to be a lot closer. That means these teams are going to have more chances of taking points away from Red Bull. Max yeah. Verstappen can't win this Constructors' Championship on his own this year. He, he can't do it. I don't think that would, would be a possibility. Oh, baby. So, Tim, I'm really looking forward to our first podcast after the first race in Bahrain. Yeah. Uh, gonna it, we're going to have some fun, my friend. This is going to be a fun season. Now, don't forget to sign up for the SDPN official Grid Rival Pool. Shop Race Canada is going to kick in some prizes for one, two, and three. Um, now, Tim's given you his predictions, so those are basically cheat codes. Definitely pick all the teams and drivers he picked. Maybe not the ones I did. I got lucky on Albon last year, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but, man, I love that grid rival. Every single week, I'm like, let's go, baby, let's go. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have some fun. And, uh, Tim, I'm really, really looking forward to this season. Uh, lights out. Let's go racing, sir. Yeah, man, it's going to be so much fun, Adam. I'm stoked. It's great to you know to be here in Bahrain to, to, to cover the race. It's been it's been an awesome trip so far. It's been I learned a lot. It's been incredible. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this weekend, and I, I am super excited to sit down and talk a race debrief with you on uh, on on Saturday because it's going to be incredible. Let's do it, buddy.